As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. There's no crying in baseball! I ate his liver with some father beans. I skinned. If I can change, and you can change, everybody can change! And welcome to another episode of Your Next Favorite Movie. I'm your host, Josh G. And today we are in week two of best month ever to Electric Boogaloo. So let's all welcome Ethan to the show. Hi, I'm back. It's like a year since I've been, since I was on here. It's exciting. Yeah, it's good to have you back. And yes, it is exactly a year. Last year, <laughs> this month, we were doing the first time. Now we're yeah. on, on year two. So try to make this an <laughs> annual thing. Nice. I'm going to have to find so many films that I love. I think for film nerds, that's not a problem oh, yeah. at all. <laughs> it's like, oh, which one? Because there's so, I remember I had like a short list of 20, I think this time. So I'm like, okay, I talked about Star Wars. I can't do Star Wars again. So what is that? I was like, well, I could do that, but we might cover that at some point. I'm like, what's what's like a safe, what's a safe film to, to cover this time that I know we're not going to cover anytime soon? Uh, well, to be fair, last year in came on, said he had a chain. One of the bullets in the chamber was Little Miss Sunshine, and I oh, think yeah, it's, you're right. I think it's your still your guys' number one movie right now. I th- it's it's, t- it's close if it's yeah. There's there's a good there's like a good I think it's like the, there's a not tying three, but they're like really neck neck and neck. I think it's like um oh the the um not Memento the other. The other film, um, the one that is Hugh Jackman and uh, oh, the the Prestige, the Prestige. That was it. I completely forgot the name. I nearly called him Patrick Bateman as well. I've been watching a, <laughs> uh, I was watching American Psycho the other day, so it was just stuck in my brain. No, uh, yeah, I think it's tight. It's like that, and I'm there's probably another one that I'm completely forgetting. I uh, like the Hate You Give. I think is is up there too. But no, we we had a good run of like really good films. And then we watched Jurassic World. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's level this out a little bit. Let's not, <laughs> let's not get expectations too high here. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so why don't you take a minute and tell everybody what to expect when they tune in the best film ever, since we've been talking about it without talking yeah. about what it is. <laughs> uh, so best film ever is, well, it was, it's a podcast, but also like a podcast cinematic universe at this point. We have uh, a weekly show called Best Film Ever, where we cover uh, a film that's rated very highly and stuff like Rotten Tomatoes, IMDb. Uh, usually about like 85%, and people say if it's like the best film ever. So we do uh, massive spans of of cinema cinema history. We did uh, we did Body and Clyde uh, last week when uh, I'm recording this, and this week we're doing Blade Runner. So we cover the the highest of quality films throughout history and sort of discuss between ourselves if it's if we can come to a general consensus of what the best film ever is between a, a large group of people and just sort of uh, go through it and all the cinematic mastery of it. And what things can mean and all the, the technical stuff and then we also do uh little shows of like disney plus shows uh so we just we just finished doing uh kenobi and covering that each week and we sometimes do doctor who we cover uh the pilot episodes of some shows and see if they're good or not and we also just uh we just review uh like films when they come out and see if you should see it or skip it because that's called see it or skip it which is a great great branding <laughs> Yeah, no, you guys are definitely putting out a ton of content every week. I, I couldn't imagine having to put out that much content each week. I couldn't do it. It never stops. I have I have weeks where I'm like, I know we recorded something a couple of weeks ago and it pops out. And I'm like, oh, yeah, we did that. 
because we, we we do we do a lot. We're on a break with Doctor Who, but I still some sort of, sometimes forget that we have it, that it comes out like when it does. But no, we we have we have a lot because there's uh, there's four of us uh, on the weekly table, and we always sort of uh, mix between each other. So sometimes it will be it could be myself and Ian. Sometimes it could be uh, Georgia and Ian discussing a film, or Liam and Ian discussing a film, or a pilot. Or so there's always lots of variety whenever you tune in, which is which is nice. Yeah, and you brought me a film that, to be honest, I probably wouldn't have watched on my own. I'd heard of it, so I knew vaguely what it was. But man, I gotta say, I'm glad you did. This this was a good one. Taking us back to 2014, yeah. starring and directed by John Favreau. This is Chef. There are chefs that cook food that they believe in. Be an artist on your own time. It's my restaurant. So you're threatening to fire me now? It's what I'm prepared to do if you don't cook my menu. I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm lost. You're never going to be happy cooking for someone else. So what are you gonna do? You're gonna laugh. Tony, Carl's got a taco truck. For real? Looks here like you guys are having so much fun. Dad got me a knife. What? He says I love you. Chef, rated R. In select theaters Friday. Yeah. It was. It was one I remember. I have a lot of people that when I'm like. Oh, it's a film you recommend, and I'm like, oh, Chef is like a good sit-down film. They're like, I've not heard of this, or if they do, there was this push in 2016 where it became like a meme and like a group of people. So it sort of got like popularity from that again, almost. But no, it's sort of it's gone under the radar because it's almost an indie film, but also not. And it's sort of just it just exists in its own microcosm, and it's not like the best rated. It's like pretty middling. So you're like, it's it's just it's a it's a fun, funky film. I I think is the best way I can I can describe that for someone so 2016 is that when you first saw it when you heard about it or when I, did you first check it out i first saw this in 2014 there was um oh, okay. there's a there's a youtube channel i i used to watch for film reviews called pretty much it which is now like a commentary uh film commentary channel but they used to cover films and they had like a, a weekly roundup of like films you should see and they said uh they should say they said chef and i was like okay that's uh I was uh, in Cambridge and it was on one of the art houses and I, I love the concept of it. I love John Favreau. Cooking's great. I love cooking. So I, I sat down and watched this. Like, it must have been like a month after uh, it came out, I think. And it was doing the, doing the rounds in the UK. And it was one of those things where I just sat down and was like, no one knows about this film like with like global acclaim. But this is like a this is special. This is a special little thing. I kind of have to agree with you there. I didn't mm. expect going in that this was going to be what it was. And it is a feel-good movie. Like, yeah. yeah. So tell anyone what Chef is about, for those that don't yeah. know. So Chef is a film uh, directed starring John Favreau, uh, where he plays a guy called Chef Carl Casper. And he, is, he used to be a, a fantastic, renowned chef and doing some of the best dishes uh, that people could find. And eventually he settled into this very mundane paint-by-numbers sort of corporate job in a fancy restaurant, which is overcharges and doesn't really have anything of substance. And eventually when he tries to break out of that mold and do something different, he gets knocked down and he, he finally quits that industry and goes on his own independent road of making um, nice home-cooked... Uh, food truck food with with his son that he's kind of been he's kind of been distant from from a long time and he's he's uh his best friend and it's about him sort of reclaiming not just his his uh, identity as a chef uh but also as, as a father and learning uh that there's more to just his 
his career. So I'm going to ask you this just because yeah. I wonder if John Favreau doesn't basically start the MCU with Iron mm. Man, does he get to make a film like this on his own? Uh, ooh, no, because this this film is kind of based around his his Hollywood um, journey. Because he, he 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 was like his character it sort of mimics him in in the sense because they even make make alert to the fact that in his his dithering old age he's he's been pouring out the same kind of food the same kind of meals and because of the the middling reviews he's also had like a gain in weight which is the same story as John Favreau uh, and this is this is kind of like a, a middle finger almost to uh, to Iron Man two because that was that was a corporate nightmare with everything that he wanted to do that he couldn't do. And then obviously that was kind of critically panned by a lot of people. And then he set off to do his own kind of thing. And chef is chef is the, that thing in the film. He goes and makes a, a Cubano uh, food truck and chef in a sense is, is the Cubano food truck. He finally gets to do what he wants. And by the end of it, obviously like we see that uh, John Favreau's um, career in Hollywood and the film industry has had a resurgence, obviously. So there's, there is a hell of a, um, real life analogy for the food industry being like Hollywood because it's very corporate and bland and and samey and there's no real pizzazz and when he gets to finally do that people appreciate it again so there's there's definitely truth to that that w- without the MCU and without him kind of getting run down we don't get we don't get this and probably we also might not get Mando I think that like there's a, there's a lot riding on the coattails of this because it kind of pushes him back into the the mainstream is, is a director and a, a writer, I think. Okay. And another thing I found interesting was the fact that this thing is it's taking place within the first few years of Twitter. It makes Twitter a big deal. And that's the first time I've seen that in a movie where Twitter yeah. is such a huge thing. This is um it's a very social media savvy film, especially for 2014, because like this this era, everyone's sort of like, oh, there's you got your Tumblers, your Twitters, your Facebooks, and it's kind of they they don't put it into films very well. It's always kind of like included some weird promotion, but this one, it understands social media. They use it as, as a plot device and as a tool. And they, they also show it in really interesting ways. When a tweet sent the, the Twitter bird flies away and you can see it like go into the ether and go, Oh, this is a bad thing. Or um, they use it as this really interesting visual narrative too, because you can see the different types of social media. This is also really dates itself because it has Vine and Vine shut down like a year or two later. So it's it's a hell of a time capsule for the early 2010s. But you see all of these different things and they're utilized so well compared to when it's like a joke like, oh, I just Vined my Twitter and I tweeted my Facebook. And this, it, it makes it real. It makes it seem really real compared to this like corporate idea of how people use social media, but it, it it's a tool and they show it as a tool and they use it as a, as a show, social platform too. And it's, it's really impressive to make it visually interesting too. Yeah, completely agree. But as you know, we don't go too deep into detail on these yeah. things. So yeah. let's move on to the next part. And that is where, what would you, this movie really doesn't lend itself to it, but what would you like to see if you got a sequel to this? Ooh, there's there's some narratives you can go like analogy wise, especially for like the film industry and stuff. That oh, now that he's finally got back into into the game and he's becoming uh, a well renowned uh, chef again, and he's got all this backing and all that. Uh, is is he getting a bit too in over his head and doing all these things? And maybe there's a bit more corporatized synergy going. I don't. It's weird. 
it, like you can't like replicate that kind of joy you get from this film because it is very one and done. But if you daren't do it, if if John Favreau some for some reason was like Chef Two to Chefia, uh, I I would love to see the Chef crew at like a food festival or like one of those cooking competitions. I think that would be hilarious. Not that it would work, but I think it would be a really interesting uh, thing. You get like chefs from all the different sides of America doing their different signature dishes and they're all played by by other directors that have had sort of middling careers at some point. I think I think if you if you lean into it and make it kind of a parody of itself, would still still sort of have the same theme as the first one. You could kind of go somewhere there, but again, like it's it's one of those trying to get blood from a stone kind of things for a sequel idea because it's so it it wraps itself up so neatly by the end. So now let's say this movie's not that old, but let's say they decided to redo this, remake this, yeah. reboot it, whatever, and they didn't want to. Favreau didn't want no part of it for some reason. He has other stuff going on. Who do you think would be good in some of these roles? Ooh. I've been thinking about this of like who who's sort of a good um foil for, for those things. And I was thinking John Favreau's character, Chef Carl Casper, uh someone who who started really well in the film industry and kind of had a, a fall from grace almost for, for different reasons. I think Brendan Fraser could bring that kind of energy and that performance of someone who started so high. And then had a real uh, fall because of whatever, like whatever experiences he he's had to go through, and also people make fun of his weight gain and stuff. So there there are these parallels between Carl Casper and Brendan Fraser, and I think he can bring that that emotion and humility really well to this kind of character because they've both been through the ringer. Um, I was thinking um, Sofia Vergara's character who plays uh, the ex-wife. I can see like Rosario Dawson doing that very well because uh, she's also an act, act she's an actor of, actress of Cuban descent and obviously the whole thing centers around her father inspiring Carl to make a Cuban sandwich store and I think there's there's a really nice dynamic you could have have there with it. Uh, the one that I'm really I'm really liking and I, as I was writing this I realized I basically just like was like who's in Star Wars that I like because John Leguizamo's character, who is the really um, charismatic, fun uh, best friend who's on for the ride, Pedro Pascal, because I don't know if you've seen um, the, the new film, I can't remember the, the full name, the unbearable talent of um, Nick Cage or whatever it's called, but he plays this really charming little guy uh, who just loves film and loves Paddington, and he, I think he can bring that exact same energy without without being like too psychopathic. I think he can play that really nice friend so so well. And for the for the for the son, I decided, oh, what if what if because I again I've Star Wars on my brain. I was trying to think of child actors, and there aren't really many in the zeitgeist that I'm a, I'm a fan of. Um, and I think when I say this, Ian's gonna hear like feel this through the force or something and like scream. But I think I can't remember her name, but the girl who plays little Leia in Obi Wan Kenobi, I think could do like some really nice chops of a of a child who's feels kind of neglected. And also when you when you swap that gender, you have a really interesting story about a father who who has been absent from a girl who who does need her father and is inspired because you know. You need that, and with uh, with the two friends, it also uh, can show her that there's a there's this um, really nice friendship between men, and they're 
they they look out for each other and you have all of that and i i just think she could bring some some uh some heart to that being like a tech savvy little child okay so and you may not have thought about this one but and i'm not gonna spoil who it is but let's just say there is a cameo in this as the ex-husband oh yeah who would you like to throw in as a cameo who do you think would work oh see i was thinking about this and you can't really top who it is because i think they do it so so well but um uh no it's just oscar isaac Oscar Isaac can do smarmy. He can do like charismatic, and I, I, I would, I would love to see him strutting around like an office like that, sort of saying the same lines. But he'll have that, he'll have that like almost um, poison when he says it. Like you can really feel it sting, and I think that would, that would really work well for that kind of character. Uh, I'm basically just going through all my Star Wars people that I know, but <laughs> it's because it's it's one of those films that you, you, you're not gonna get like. A tier like Oscar winning because this is like this is just a, a nice humble little film. This isn't like a big triple A. It's not. It's not going for Oscars. It's just. It's a again. It's like it's like the 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 food itself. It is this content, uh, filling, warm, uh, heartfelt meal. It's that you get from like a, a a local food vendor. And I think with like those Oscar winning actors, you don't get that same kind of experience. So let's do this one last thing. We're getting yeah. want to get people to take a chance on this. Give that final okay. pitch. Sell them on Chef. Okay, so if you like Chef, uh, if you if you if you watch Chef, I think you will love it for uh, it's the way that it utilizes cinematography when cooking. It really it brings out a passion of cooking. If you love anything to do with uh, how food is betrayed, uh, you know, if you like Ratatouille, you would love this film because it really it brings the love of of what uh what you do uh and the family you have and the friends you have and it is from from like point a to point b this film is like a constant like it is it just goes up and up there is never a moment where you feel uh upset it just it fills you full of joy and there are so many films but they have they have like a low moment but they're there isn't. And when I first watched this film, it was a point where every film was really depressing. And there were points going, oh, something bad's going to happen. But it never does. And it's a constant high. And the way it utilizes uh, real world aspects of social media and just everyday life, it may- it grounds it and makes it real. And it it kind of fills you through with this kind of almost hope that, yeah, I if I feel kind of trapped in whatever dead end job I'm having. But if, if I'm passionate about something, I can kind of do do the same and it it utilizes a basic human feel of just wanting to to be who you really are and i think it will speak to anyone that watches it can't argue with any of that <laughs> Ethan. i think that sums it up we're gonna wrap this Excellent. one up tell everyone where they can find you where they can find the podcast yeah so if you want to listen to my lovely dulcet tones more and hear just film analogy and uh analyst uh analysis of of all of that fun stuff as well as anyone else you've also heard so far uh you can follow us uh on any podcast app which it will be uh best film ever and we'll have all the all the fun stuff um we have a twitter which is also best film ever pod which is a great place to interact with all of us uh, i have two twitters which is great which is bfe underscore ethan uh, for the more uh, podcast-centric stuff, and if you uh, from like my film analysis and like breakdown stuff that goes more in depth at points of things like different fandom things and just things in general, I'm also Dren Gear Gardener 
because uh, I love Star Wars, as you can tell from uh, all of my my uh, examples that that I give. But no, it's um, the the podcast is the main place to interact and sort of understand more of not just what I do, but what everyone does. And uh, you can see the community that's grown because the podcast community that we have on Twitter is is just wonderful. It is probably one of the most uh, positive uh, communities that I've ever been part of uh, online, and it, it's growing and it's great. And uh, if you if 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 you love Josh's podcast, like it, it's it's the exact same positive community, and it's and also Josh interacts there as well. So you know, it, it everyone's there, and you will just have you have a great time. He's absolutely right at YNF Movie Pod on Twitter. That is where the majority of the podcasts are most active. I'd mm. say that's where you get a hold of all of us for everything else. Just go to linktr.ee slash YNF movie pod. It's got the podcast platform, social media, the YouTube channel, my personal letterbox. So you can see what I'm watching. That's not included on the show. As for next week, week three will continue as Liam joins the show to talk about the Sylvester Stallone directed John Travolta starring Staying Alive. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to hear that. <laughs> Until then, you guys take care, and I'll talk to you next time. <laughs>